Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello and welcome back to the What We Said podcast. Today is a bonus episode and we're going to give you all of our advice. Are you guys sick of our advice yet? Because I'm not sick of giving you. It, better you better not. Happy Friday, guys. Hope you're having a wonderful day. The, the weekend is ahead of us. And we were trying to think of some life updates, you know, and we've both been pr- laying pretty low, hanging out. Mm-hmm. And... My only life update is that I go to the doctor every two days. It's awesome. Chelsea, before we recorded, she's like, have you talked about this on like the podcast at all or more just on YouTube? And I was like, I don't know if I even have talked about this on the podcast, which is kind of surprising. I don't know. I never know like where my followers overlap, you know, like where they hear things or if they know things. But um, YouTube has definitely been the place I've been like the most open about this. But if you didn't know, if I have not even said this on the podcast, which I don't know if I have, Leif and I have been trying to get pregnant for quite some time now. And after it had been over a year and a little bit, we decided to... Of trying naturally. Yeah, of trying naturally. On our own, we decided to go to a doctor to just get tested on both of our ends to see if there were any like issues. And that's why it wasn't working or if it just... I never knew. I'm like, is it just not the right timing for us? or is like does one of us have, you know, some sort of issue that we would need to do something else? So they always say wait a year until you like go seek help. I never like planned on really talking about like when I was going through this, you know, on month six, seven, eight, nine, ten, it's like I never was like, I'm going to talk about this on social media because I just thought it would be more fun, first of all, for everyone involved to just like have it be a fun surprise. It's like, oh, one day I just announced I'm pregnant and like there's no need. Also, it's like a personal thing that I don't need to be like, hey guys, guess what? We're trying to have a kid. Yeah, because once you say you're trying to the internet, people are going to ask you all the time. And when you're trying and you're not getting pregnant, the like worst thing is when someone's like, oh, like, you know, how's it going? And you're like, well, I'm not pregnant. So that's how it's going. Yeah. So don't ask. Exactly. And also I would even like not tell people around me, like even friends, they'd be like, oh, like, when do you want kids? And I just like, oh, we're just like not, my, my answer was always like, we're not being careful because we weren't for literally, that's the thing. I'm like, if not being careful is trying for a child, then we've been trying for five years because we have never really been super careful, honestly. And, um, practice safe sex, please. The reason I'm saying that is because we were married and we were like, oh, we're excited to have kids if it happened. Like, 
on accident or whatever, we wouldn't be like, this is, you know, game over. We were a little bit more careful, I guess, probably for like the first little bit of marriage because I did want to wait like a few years. Anyway, whatever. So now we're at this point where we're going to fertility doctors all the time. Leif got an irregular result on his end that his, you could go to my YouTube for more information. Um, But basically his like sperm morphology, the shape of this sperm, I'm so sorry if you're a young listener, is low. So it's like a little bit lower than normal. And I don't know for sure if this is the cause, but Leif did have uh, leukemia when he was younger and he went through chemotherapy. And that can be a cause. Like I I had looked it up that chemotherapy could be the cause of uh, low sperm morphology. And someone actually had messaged me that their husband also had childhood cancer and had the same thing. So I don't know if that's what it is or if something completely How like rare is it to have like the morphology be low? Is it like actually more common than people think? I'm honestly not 100% sure. I don't want to like give misinformation, but our doctor said like, I don't want to say it's the worst problem to have with the sperm, but there's there's different things. There's the morphology, the motility, the sperm count. There's like different things, like how the sperm moves, how many there are, whatever. And what it's shaped like. And what it's shaped like. And she said like the shape one is actually kind of like the worst of the three to like be a problem because it's like if the shape literally just can't get to it, like I don't know. Anyway, whatever. There's a lot. And I've been documenting like every step of the way. And I'm going to be releasing like more videos about fertility specifically that I've like, I've been documenting a lot of things, but I do take you guys through it in my weekly vlogs. Like I've also been talking about it there a little bit. But anyway, so we are now um, going a different route, trying to get pregnant. And I haven't told what that is yet or like exactly all the info about it because my friend who had also gone through infertility told me, she's just like, this is just my advice. Like, take it for what it is. I just feel like if you are to be like super open and be like, this is what we're trying and this is the day that we're starting, then people are going to just ask and like be wondering and like, it's just going to add stress. And she was like, the last thing you need is stress. Like, I just would be a little bit maybe more private with it. Like, whatever. So anyway, that's kind of where we've been. But um, I, that being said, I've been on some medication and like, I haven't had any side effects I, that I can tell, which is really nice. And yeah, there's just lots of appointments, lots of ultrasounds. I had a little procedure thing done called a FemView that was like genuinely so much worse than I thought it was going to be. That's Haney. The way that you were explaining it to me, I want to die. Yeah. Basically, they're like sticking things up you and like inserting liquid to like blow up this balloon. It's a whole process. And it was like incredibly crampy. And I feel like people are just like, oh, you might get some cramps here and there. And like, it was really bad for me. Like I got really lightheaded, thought I was going to pass out because of the, like, it was just painful. But um, that luckily is like a one-time thing. It's just to see if you're, that you have any blockage in your tubes, which I don't, which is good news. And I'm just glad that that's literally over. Like now that's the only time I had to do that. So from here on out, hopefully it's like a little bit easier. But anyway, stuff like that is just so uncomfortable. Like we, we were just talking about like women just go through so much. Oh my gosh, so like, much. Like with anything, like fertility, pregnancy, birth, like motherhood. It's just like, there's so much like with your body that goes on. Like boys have it so easy. And they have it so easy. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Like, uh, so I got my first pap smear actually, which is, don't take, don't fall after my footsteps. Okay. I'm 26 and just got my first pap smear. You're supposed to get your first one. I think when you're 21, when I went to go get my first one, I was 20 years old and. Oh wait, so you did. Oh, you were going to. I, I literally was in the waiting room 
sweating bullets, like terrified because also I was married. Are not that bad. Well, I was never, I had never, I was a virgin. So oh, I was just oh, like, oh, uh, right. and at that point I had like barely started using tampons. And also I had like, uh, I'm like childhood stuff with that area that was like kind of traumatic for me. So I was just like that area. I was just like, no, I don't want any procedures. Like I don't want anything up there. I don't know how it's going to feel. Like I pass out all the time when I pass out in a birth video in my freaking anatomy class. Like yeah, that yeah, is just true. A touchy subject. Sorry, I didn't mean to literally minimize your trauma. No. <laughs> I'm like, that's not a big deal. You're like, actually it is. I'm like, I have trauma. Thank you. No, not necessarily trauma, but I just had like procedures and like issues like medically down there when yes. I was younger. And when you're like in third grade stuff down there, it's just like not fun to yeah, deal with. So um, anyways, I went to go get in. They were like, oh, well, if you are a virgin and you're not sexually active. Yeah, then you you don't have to get it right now. Just come back in like a year. But then I was too scared. So I never went back. And then I just went got my first one. And it was not bad at all. Like I literally, after she was done, I was like, wait, was that it? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's what I've been petrified of for years. Yeah, like, it's not that bad. Even the internal ultrasounds, which are kind of similar-ish, like that I have to get all the time. It's, it's just, just like, something uncomfortable thing. up yeah, there. It's just uncomfortable, but it's like, it's not painful at all. No. Like it's just kind of, especially if you're sexually active, it's like, man, it's nothing you haven't felt before. <laughs> like it's not, you know, so, but yeah, that's been my journey and I'll definitely talk more on this. I feel like at a later time, like, but it definitely is something that's hard to go through. Are you guys ready for a new drink recommendation from your two favorite beverage girls? Your Bev gals. Huzzah. One of our favorite podcast sponsors, their newer sponsor, they have a bold probiotic seltzer with benefits. So they add probiotics to their seltzer to help support a healthy gut. Having a healthy gut is extremely important. And it's nice that we can get health benefits from a really delicious drink. I love that this is starting to become a thing. It's great when chilled. You can also store them at room temperature. It's perfect for a picnic, a beach day, a little road trip, hanging out at home. Whenever we have like podcast nights, we always like to have a beverage um, poured over a glass of ice to keep things bougie. So you can experience bold flavors with just three grams of sugar. So they have three flavors. So raspberry and lemon, strawberry and hibiscus, and juicy pear. Our favorite, well, my favorite is the strawberry and hibiscus. It's so hibiscus. Wow. It's so good. Get your cooler ready and stock up on Huzzah probiotic seltzer by using code what we said for 20% off your order at drinkhuzzah.com. That's code what we said for 20% off at drinkhuzzah.com. We talk about this all the time. Like everyone that I know, like around me, it's not easy for them to get pregnant. And me and JC always joke, like after the first month where and again, like I never took birth control. We never used condoms. And I was always terrified for years because I was like, I don't want to get pregnant for like three years, like yeah. at least. And so the first three years, I was like petrified I was going to be pregnant. Like if I was a day late to my period, I'm like, oh, I'm pregnant for sure. Yeah. Even though we were being like very, Oh, I think know, I'm pregnant. Careful. I've thought I've pregnant every single month of my life, like ever since I've been married. I'm one of those people too. That's but just you like, think like, so when we actually first started trying, after it didn't work the first month, I was like, huh? Like, you just think that it's so easy to get pregnant. Like, you hear people who they have sex one time and they get pregnant. And you're just like, so that's what it's supposed to be. Like, I was scared I was going to have a honeymoon baby. Like, I was like, oh, that's my worst fear. And it's like five years later, it's like, okay, <laughs> it's it takes like, me months. Like, it's just so weird. It really is. I think that should be more normalized. Like, 
most people that I know have not gotten pregnant super fast at all. So like, it's kind of comforting because I'm like, oh, and again, it's like, if you got pregnant fast, that's amazing. And it's not to like, you know, minimize your experience either. It's just like, I feel like it should be more normalized that like for a lot of people, it takes a long time. And like, yeah, I don't know. You're not alone is what I'm trying to say. Like, you shouldn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm screwed or like I'm broken if I can't, you know. And there's nothing wrong. Like someone commented on my YouTube video and they're like, never feel like you're like failing just because you're taking a different route of like trying to get pregnant. And I'm like, that's really good to hear because I I honestly haven't really felt like that. I think because I have a lot of friends who have done different routes and gotten pregnant successfully. It seems more normal for it to be hard than for it to be easy. Yeah. But… I, I want to say that too because it's like if you do have to like do something else and like it's not working naturally like I don't know. I just hope you that's know okay. that that's totally okay and that it's normal. Like a lot of people go through that and including me obviously at this point. And, so, and another thing is a lot of times it is the guy. Like for us like so far with the test results we've gotten that's been the only thing that they're like oh that's definitely probably like a good reason why you haven't been. And not to like put the blame on the guy at all, but it's like a lot of times it really has nothing to do with like your body not being able to like get pregnant. It's just like together it's not working and you have to do something else and that's fine. Yeah. And I think it's obviously, wow, we're going, we're going deep into this conversation now. But when I was first starting to like try to get pregnant, like again, I thought, okay, first month, you know, donezo, you're pregnant. Let's get to it. But I always heard like, okay, it's going to take an average of like six months. And I was like, that's kind of long, like six months. But now like talking to everybody in my life, literally, it's like, if you got pregnant within six months, that's almost considered fast. Like I almost would consider that quick yeah. getting pregnant. And it's, it's so weird because I think there's so many different things that go into being, you know, fertile and you can start to really stress out about it because you start to blame yourself. Like, what am I doing? What am I eating? What, what part of my routine is making me not be able to get pregnant, you know, you start to blame yourself a lot. But I think the main thing that is a big cause in this world of a lot of our problems is like stress. Like we're all just so stressed Mm -hmm. and it's hard not to be stressed because we have like so many societal pressures and just like work and you're working 50 hours a week to make enough money just to get by. And it's just like you're taking care of other kids or you're having relationship issues. You're going to school. It's like, don't blame yourself for being stressed. It's okay. Like, it's going to have a toll on your body and like, yes, like work on stress management. But I think, at least for me, like I always almost get mad at myself when I'm stressed because I know it's like hurting my body in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also hard because I 100% believe that. And I also think like, it's so hard because that's also what people don't want to hear is like, oh, you just, you need to stop stressing because they're like, wait, then how do I even stop stressing? Yeah. I'm stressed about stressing now. I'm stressed about that now. And it like adds to everything, which is like really unfortunate. But what I was going to say is I, so I always have like, I carry a lot of stress in my neck and my like upper back, my uh, traps area. And I normally get monthly massages. And this past time that I went in, she, so I've been actively trying to relax more just in general. I'm like, yeah, to get pregnant also for my own mental health and yeah. well-being. And I also need to- I want to say really quick, I, I know like stress is not the only thing that makes people get pregnant. If they're like, no, I literally have, you know, something physically wrong with me. But I'm just saying, I think for a lot of people that stress is like stressing them out, I guess. But anyway, I've been actively for the past like month, just been like, especially when I'm going through this where I'm like taking medication and doing all that stuff. I'm just like, 
I don't need to be working myself to the ground and trying to do this. Like, this is not going to help me. So I've been like meditating more and doing like really grounding exercises in the mornings. I've been trying to read more and spend less time on my phone, blah, blah, blah. And when I went in for my massage this month, she was like shocked. She's like, oh my gosh, like your like neck and back and everything is like so much better than really? it's ever been. Yeah. Wow. And that's I was like, good. Yeah. I was like, wow, that must, I feel like it's because I've been less stressed. So, and also maybe because I feel like, oh, I'm starting this thing and I think that I have faith that it will yeah. work. So like, maybe that's just, I'm like, okay, I need to just relax a little more, but anyway, whatever. So, but what I, yeah, you're normal for being stressed. Like, I think that is such a thing where it's like you try for literally one or two months and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. And then. It's so weird. And everyone I talk to thinks the same thing. Yeah. And then uh, you ask them like how long they've been trying and it's like, oh, eight, 10, like, you know, a year. And it's like, oh, this is normal to like try for a long time and, you know, not instantly just get pregnant right away. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's a frustrating thing because it's so, there's so many unanswered questions when you're going through it where it's like, what am I eating? And you start to be like, okay, now I need to eat this and I need to do this. And then and you start doing the math of like your age. Like that's what I always do. I'm like, dang, like I want to have multiple kids. And like, I don't know if this does take me, you know, two more years. Like I just start doing math and then I'm like, that's not really what I planned for myself, which, you know, that's why you can't plan. Exactly. You it's don't like, know how your life's going to go. You just, I was at, um, a wedding a couple months ago and she and uh the mom of the groom was giving this talk and she was basically saying like that they had tried for like four years to have a child and it was her oldest that was getting married of like seven kids and when you see a big family like that like I just automatically assume like oh it's super easy for them to get pregnant obviously right fertile myrtle over here of- just like popping them out and she was saying like we tried so hard for like four years and then we finally had him and then we had seven kids like right after that and that's just like crazy I don't think anybody else in the crowd like felt that but I was just like oh my gosh that makes me feel so much better like really it's just like God's timing like don't stress like it's gonna be okay you're it's something is gonna work out for you maybe it's not exactly as you planned when you were 10 years old like I thought I was gonna get pregnant when I was 21 like I was like oh get pregnant or I'll get married and then right away have kids and have 10 kids or whatever And it's just like, you have to let go of those expectations and just go with the flow. For sure. Yeah, I was telling Leif literally yesterday, I was like, I had this moment where I was like, wow, like if I really, really, really do trust that like God's timing is the best, then it takes all my stress away. Cause I'm like, what? If it doesn't work, you know, this month or the next, it's like, okay, that's again, very hard to do in the moment. And you don't want to ever like, cause when someone's going through that and someone's like, just trust God's timing. You're like, please be quiet. Like, because it's, it doesn't minimize the pain, you know, when you're going through it. But when I am in a good headspace and I'm like, okay, if I really do trust God's plan for me, then like, I can't, I really can't, there's no use in being upset because it's like, if I know that his plan is the best, then. Yeah. Then why am I trying to push something else? Like, why am I trying to push my own agenda? Exactly. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is, don't stress. You got this. <laughs> no, just, yeah, you're just, you're not alone. If you're going through that, you don't have to scroll very far down your newsfeed to find a story about the restorative effects of collagen. It's all the rage, but it's way more than just hype. Get the very best collagen on the market from Ancient Nutrition. So I always add collagen into my smoothies just because it's super easy. Ancient Nutrition has one goal to transform the health of every individual on the planet with history's most powerful superfoods. Whether you want to improve your body, sharpen your mind, or just feel like your best self, Ancient Nutrition makes supplements that get real results that you can see and feel. All Ancient Nutrition products are made from the highest quality ingredients and are rigorously 
meticulously and repeatedly tested for purity. Their best-selling multi-collagen protein powder includes five types of collagen. It is the first and only collagen on the market with clinically studied ingredients proven to help reduce joint discomfort as early as day one, improve fine lines and wrinkles after four weeks, and transform your overall skin tone after eight weeks. It's unflavored and dissolves in any liquid, so put a scoop in your morning coffee, smoothie, or even baked goods. I'm telling you, this is such an easy addition to a smoothie, and I feel like it also, for my smoothies, makes it just like a little bit thicker and creamier, so that's really nice. Proven formulas for real impact, that's what Ancient Nutrition is all about. Right now, Ancient Nutrition is offering 20% off your first order when you go to ancientnutrition.com right now and enter promo code what we said at checkout. That's ancientnutrition.com, enter promo code what we said for 20% off your first order. Ancientnutrition.com, enter promo code what we said at checkout. People also like would comment on my TikTok, like whenever I talk about it, they're like, this is my biggest fear. This is horrible. I'm like, cool. Thank you. Like, like <laughs> you're going through fear. my worst nightmare. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. I think it's every girl. I mean, if you want a family really bad, it's like, that is your worst nightmare is that you wouldn't be able to have kids like of your own. Like, it's just a bummer. Yeah. I, I had someone ask me like, hey, can I ask you a couple questions about infertility or fertility? And I was like, oh, sure. And she was like, what is your like biggest fear surrounding pregnancy and childbirth? And I was basically like- She asked I, you that or you asked yeah, her Yeah, she that? asked me. Oh, these, okay. like, she was like, I just want to ask a couple questions. I've been asking a lot of women this. And, and I was like, well, I think just that I'm not going to be able to have kids. And she was like, really? And she's like, why? And I'm like, well, it's just- she's, I was like, I know this sounds kind of silly. And I had never really like me, maybe me and you had talked about this before, but I was like, we've never had an accident. And so that makes me think there's like something off. And she was like, you will not believe that every single girl I've asked has said the exact same thing as you, that they have this feeling that they will never be able to have kids. And it's because they've never had an accident. And I think that just shows that like, we're just so stressed about it. Like we're, it's such a big fear. And that's us worrying about something before we even go through it. It's like, why would we put ourselves through that twice when it's just like, when it comes, it comes and we'll deal with it. But we don't need to be when we're 16 or 17 or 18 years old, like already feeling like, oh, it's going to be, you know, so hard. My worst nightmare where it's like, exactly, yeah, it sucks. I feel like that was always like a way that I would protect myself as being like, oh, it'll probably take me a really long time. Remember, I would always tell you that. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, now I'm manifesting it because it literally (laughs) has taken so long. Like I would always be like, I don't know why. I just feel like it's going to take me so long to get pregnant. And people be like, oh, really? Why? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's just like my gut feeling. And then sure enough, I'm like, oh, so either I'm giving that energy and that's why, or I just had a gut instinct from the start and I was preparing myself for it or something. I don't know. Okay. Well, I could talk about that for a million other years because I have like so many other tangents I could go on. But like I said, I'm filming a fertility video. We'll definitely talk about this more, I feel like later. So sorry that, wow. How long has it been? Like literally 30 minutes? Oh, it's been 20 minutes. Okay. Well, we'll just dive right into the advice. I'll go first. Hi, JC and Chelsea. I trust you guys with my life and I think you'd be the best people to answer this question. Basically, I need advice on romanticizing my relationship. This is kind of embarrassing, but I feel like a lot of girls will relate. But before I was in a serious relationship, I used to dedicate so much time and energy into impressing boys. Like it was such a thrill trying to get boys to like me, checking to see if they viewed my IG stories, dressing cute so a specific boy would notice me and being so proud whenever the boy I liked would finally make a move. I used to always try to look so pretty and perfect. And I was like, if I become pretty enough, someday I'm going to marry the perfect human who all of my friends will be so jealous of and he'll never do anything wrong and will never look unattractive. That was literally my life goal. LOL. Really setting yourself up for 
for failure there, my friend. Anyway, I'm in a very healthy, serious two-year relationship now, and I love my BF and can see a future together, but he's definitely not perfect. I think the two-year mark is around the time that you start to feel 100% comfortable around your significant other, and you lose the butterflies of trying to impress them because they already know the real you. I find myself getting bored, missing the validation of flirting with a bunch of boys, or sometimes he'll make the smallest mistake. And I'll think if I was dating Harry Styles, he'd never make mistakes like this. Wait, okay. I have a, I have a side note about Harry Styles. I think that Harry Styles is very cute and I think he's very awesome, but I, I just get the vibe that he would not be a good boyfriend. I almost feel like, I almost get the vibe that he would be like toxic. And I know that's so like mean to say. And if you ever, like, that's so judgy. Don't obviously this is like half a joke. Like don't but, send this to him, please. But someone like showed all of his signs. Like his zodiac signs? Yeah, his zodiac signs, like sun sign, yeah. you know, ascendant sign, all of that stuff. And they were basically like, guys, I think he's crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, anyways, I think that we just with any celebrity, it's like, oh, you know, he's perfect. It's like it's just the idea of him that you have. Like definitely. I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I've heard great things, only nice things about him, honestly. I've never heard anything bad, but you know, they're just human. Anyways, how do you guys romanticize your relationship? So it feels fun and exciting, even though you no longer have the initial butterflies of when you're first dating someone. Love you so much. Okay. I just saw a TikTok that said, this is actually about men. It was talking about how men will be with a girl for a long time and then they'll leave a seven-year relationship and like within a couple weeks, like be with a new girl. And they were saying, how do they do that? Like, go from one long-term relationship and then jump really quickly in. And she was saying, this is called the 90-10 rule. So this is what a lot of us do is like the person we're with, we initially got with them because they have like 90% of the things that we want. Maybe they're missing 10%, but like nobody's perfect. And, you know, no one's going to be 100% of everything you want. And so as time goes on, you get fixated on that 10% that they don't have. So you start to look for other people who have that 10%, even if they have only 10% of what you want. And they'll say, that's why men will find a woman who has 10% of what their old girlfriend or wife had and fixate on it and then just jump into a new thing because they're so excited. And so I think you have to remind yourself of that. It's like the person you're with and you're in a relationship with and you love so much has so many qualities that you don't even, you forgot that you love and that you like take for granted. And then you think about, oh, Harry Styles. It's like, again, he probably has 10% of what you actually would want in a relationship. Like actually thinking about in being in a relationship with Harry Styles, he travels the world. Yeah. Girls are, would probably send you death threats if you were dating him. Like it's like he's surrounded he's by just, beautiful women all the time. He's just hot. It's like the yeah. worst. Yeah. He's just a good singer and he's hot. And so it's like, we well, keep I'm, naming. I'm like, like yeah, and he's cute. Yeah, the fashion. And he's, he's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> he's funny. He's got great hair. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, I always say that. It's like you always have to remind yourself why you're with the person in the first place. Because after, even just after being married for five years, it is easy to fixate on those things that you're like, oh, they're annoying me in this way. And then when you really stop to think, it's like, oh my gosh, but I love this and this and this and this about him. And that's like why I'm obsessed with him. So then you just have to remind yourself of those things. And as far as like romanticizing things, I don't know. I feel like making time for each other to do different things. Don't just do the same thing every single day. I feel like that can get like, just boring. Like, I I don't know. Leif and I just try to like, especially lately, we've been just trying to go on like fun, random dates and like just go to the beach and just do things that are different than our normal everyday routine to just spice things up because it just makes it more fun. Yeah. And it can be anything. It can be simple. This is a very side note, but I was telling this to Nick the other day. It's just interesting to me because this is my theory about attractiveness in men and women. You know, most people 
say like, okay, all you have to do for a man to be like attractive and to be able to get girls is be rich, right? Like that's- As a man, you're saying? They say like, if a man's rich, they can get girls. It's like, yeah, sure. But what I really think it is, like girls, I feel like have this pressure to look a certain way, to have this like cool personality also, to be, you know, submissive, like, you know, just a classic. I'm, I'm not saying that's what it actually, you actually need to be, but- I was saying, if guys only knew that what girls really find attractive is if a guy is really, really good at something. Like if you look at a lot of people who girls flock to, yeah, maybe they have money, a lot of money because they're really good at something. But if a guy's just really, really good at something, it instantly makes them attractive. Like, do you know what I mean? Like if a guy's really, really good at dancing, if a guy's really, really good at singing, if a guy's really good at a sport, they could be like the ugliest guy you've ever seen, but they're attractive because they're good at soccer. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. And it's not that way with girls. Like Nick was saying, not really. Like, you know, I think it's like attractive when girls are really good at something. But I was saying, that's not the main thing you guys look for. Like, yeah, that's kind of true. I I was saying, because think of like a lot of like even women athletes who are super, super good at their sport. Like guys aren't just like, I need to go to the soccer game to watch, you know, this person and fangirling over them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of true. That's it. That's interesting. Even if they're really good at chess, like, or they're good at math, it's like, or they're super smart. Yeah, they have like a specialty. It's like, okay. It's like girls find that attractive. It's so weird. That is very interesting. Anyways. Interesting points were made. What interferes with your happiness? When you're experiencing any sort of depression, anxiousness, stress, anything like that, it can really prevent you from living your best life. I know that's definitely the case for me. I've experienced this firsthand and I'm sure a lot of us have. That's why we love our sponsor, BetterHelp. So BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe and private online environment. It is so convenient and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor at any time and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions and you do this all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. They also make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to, which is great so you can make sure you have someone that is a good match for you and your needs. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is also available which is absolutely amazing. The service is available for clients worldwide. Find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to the counselors located near you. There are licensed counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, self-esteem, relationships, trauma, and more. And anything you share is confidential. They also have testimonials posted daily on their site if you want to hear how people are loving it. So we want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you will get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash what we said. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that is betterhelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash what we said. Okay. Hi, ladies. Love the show. The advice episodes are always my favorite. You always give the best advice on this. I did what? Wait, you always give the best advice on this. I didn't even know I needed advice. Oh, things, I think. I didn't even <laughs> like, know. I don't like your advice. <laughs> I needed advice on. Okay. Here's my current situation. My significant other and I just bought our first house. Congrats. We could not Subtle be more flex. excited. <laughs> like it was a $4 million home. We're like in this market? Wow. On the coast. <laughs> um, we could not be more excited and we feel so lucky to have landed a fantastic house in the crazy real estate market. Sounds perfect, right? Well, the downside is that we absolutely love our spot now. We live in a duplex with our best friends living in the same building and across the street from my parents. I know some would shy away, but it has been awesome for us. We're in a beautiful neighborhood 
Basically, it's an extra emotional move and I feel like I'm a wreck right now. Did I mention we're both changing jobs and I have just started a grad school program? When it rains, it pours, right? I know you've both moved away from your families and have done your fair share of moving to new cities and states. Any tips with how to cope with a change like this? How to feel more grounded in the less or in the new space, less guilty for leaving our current location and more certain that this is the right decision. I know everything will work out in the end and we are so fortunate to have bought a house, but I feel like there are so many moving pieces, emotions, and uncertainties. I can't keep up and need advice from my virtual podcast besties. Wow. Okay. I have something to say first is like, I feel like I didn't realize. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, can I have the home? (laughs) I feel like what I didn't realize about growing up is how big of a deal like those things are like moving or buying a house. It's like, I don't know. When I was younger, I'm just like, oh, cool. Like, you know, your parents buy a house or you move and it's just like, okay, like going with the motions, even though it can feel like the end of the world if you have friends, whatever. But I feel like when you're an adult, it's like you just feel like there's so much weight in these decisions because it can change the trajectory of your life. And like, it's so hard when you are in a season of life where you know, you you have all your friends and whatever, and then you have to move away. And it's just like, oh my gosh, it's so daunting because I'm just trying to validate your feelings because it really is a scary yeah. thing to like move away from thing, the things you know and just start fresh. Like it's, it can be fun, but it can also be hard and like super emotional. Yeah, it does. You don't even realize it too, because I think when you first get to the age where you're moving to college or something, or your first time moving away from home, we all have that, like, I need to get out of my hometown and get away from my family almost. Not like you hate your family, but you know what I mean? It's just like, I need to be on my own and explore. But the older you get, the more you realize, like, I want to be close to my family and friends. Like, sure, if I have an amazing job somewhere else, but like, for the most part, if you are in a good community, that's priority number one. Yeah, because that determines if you have like a happy, supportive community in life, basically. Like your social life is such a big part of your mental health. So, and, and me and JC have both experienced this where we've lived in cities where it's like, we have no friends. When I lived in Nashville, like I loved Nashville, the place, but I was so far from everybody that I knew. And that made the biggest difference because it made me so sad that I was so far away from my friends, so far away from my family, even though I had Nick and Sophie, but it's just not the same because- you need a community. Definitely. We're making her just so terrified. Like, you need a community. You're not going to have that. <laughs> She's like, cool. No, to give you some hope, when we moved to LA from Orange County, I mean, granted, we weren't leaving much because we didn't have like a great community there anyway. But when we were moving to LA, like that was probably the most, well, moving to Arizona to California, I guess was a huge change as well. But moving to LA, it was just like, oh, we never thought we would do this. Like we didn't think we were LA people, quote unquote. We didn't think we would ever just be in a city like that. So it was like a huge adjustment. It just felt like, oh, this is like a huge change. We also didn't have any friends when we first moved to LA. Like we didn't really know that many people at all. And after we moved there, we met so many awesome people. We became really close with Kristen and Marcus. They had other friends. Like we created started having a community and it was so fun. And I feel like taking that risk and moving to LA, like, you know, it felt good to us. It felt right. But it, even though it was hard, but I'm so grateful because like I've made some of my best memories ever in LA. And I just feel like sometimes you just have to be patient and you, you will build a community like exactly. in your new place. And you can always, if you have to or want to, like you can always move back yeah. to wherever you want. That's what I was going to say. You you don't have to feel like this is a death sentence. No. Like if you go and you give it a year and you don't like it, you can always move home. Like the, I know it's a hassle and that's a lot easier said than done. They're like, we literally just bought a house. But I think people don't give themselves permission 
to change their mind sometimes. It's yeah. like, if you don't want to, you can be like, hey, we tried it and it wasn't the best and now we're back and we, you know, realize, or you could move and it could be the best thing ever for you. I think the problem was when I would move around a lot to different cities with, with no friends and family, we knew we were only going to be there for six months. But if you know you're going to make a more permanent change, you can start to make friends and you can start to- Make we your would, house a home. Yeah and, yeah. and start to build a community that you could have for, you know, you could find your best friends there mm -hmm. that you have for years and years and years. And you can just grow your friend group. Because it would always be for me, like I would live there. Month four, I would finally establish friendships with people around me and I moved two months later. Yeah. So I'd be like, okay, this is pointless. But yeah, don't don't be too scared. A good example of this is Lauren Elizabeth. She bought her house in LA, yeah. like in December. And she's moving. I don't know if you saw it, mm -hmm. but she's moving back to Chicago. And it's like, she bought a nice house in LA, you know? And she was just saying, she's like, I changed my mind. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. And it's like, okay, well, you know. And yeah. she's figuring it out, renting her house out or whatever and making those changes. But it's like, yeah, normalize changing your mind. It's fine. But best of luck, by the way. Okay. Hi, ladies. I feel like I'm having a style crisis. I just turned 21, graduated college, and got a big girl job. Hee <laughs> hee. Just hee <laughs> hee. <laughs> I feel like I'm at a weird in-between age for clothes. Whenever I go out in a crop top shirt that's more revealing like I did in college, I feel inappropriate. But I feel like I don't know what else to wear, especially now that it's summer. I live in Arizona. Ooh. Ooh, girl, really limits your options. we know that. On top of that, I feel like all the places I love to shop literally only sell big graphic tees and then crop tops. And every influencer I see is wearing those styles too, which don't get me wrong. I love those styles, but I just feel uncomfy going out showing that much skin now. Any advice on how to look cute without looking like I'm ready to go to a college party? Thanks so much. Sending love to you all. Wait, how old did she say she is? She just turned 21. Wait. She is not too old to be wearing a crop top. No, or I thought ever, she was going to say like thirty. I think if you're if you're going to like a big girl job, you yeah, you don't want to be wearing like an oversized tee if you're at an office and you want to wear more like business casual. Yeah, personally, business casual is one of my favorite styles to wear. Like, I love a good like blazer skirt. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Like, did she say this is for work? Well, she just said like I have a big girl job now and I feel like I'm at a weird in between age now for clothes. So I think she probably means for both. I'm just saying like if you want to have more of a work aesthetic, mm -hmm. you can have like nice. Here's some staples that you can get. A blazer. Yeah, a, a nice oversized, like still young. Like you don't want to, you know, age yourself too much, but you could have like an oversized blazer that would look really cute with a t-shirt and jeans or even. with a crop top even under it that's why you're kind of like not just wearing a crop top you know yeah exactly and if you you can wear it to work you can like dress it up you can dress it down a nice pair of like straight slacks will get you far like black or tan like I have a couple of those where it's just not even slacks per se but they're like a little baggy what are those called just pants like nicer pants, I guess. Slacks. I feel like they are slacks. Yeah. You can wear them with like chunky tennis shoes. You can wear them with heels. You can wear them with boots. Like you can wear a t-shirt with it. You can wear a blazer with it. You can wear a nice blouse with it. But you can also wear out and about with like a tank top or whatever it is. I know that's not necessarily like summer clothes, but I definitely would say like you're never too old to wear what you want. Though. No, I was going to say even like 30 because I was saying, oh, is she 30? But I'm like, even 30, uh, that's not too old to wear a crop top at all. Catch me wearing shorts when I'm 30, yeah. when I'm 40. I feel like just wear what you want. Like it's not that deep, you know? I, I, I catch myself doing the same thing though. I'm not judging you, but. And I think if you're, there's one thing, if you feel uncomfortable in an outfit, then you don't like it. Right. You know what I mean? So if you. Yeah, you want to feel confident and comfortable in what you're wearing. Yeah, just find some staple pieces that are, go on Pinterest, try to establish like, you know, make a board like my style and start to 
choose pieces that like girls are wearing and put it all together. Like, okay, I really like, yeah, like I really like what this girl's wearing. Okay. You start to put all these outfits together and then you start to notice, oh, I really like obviously neutral colors. Like all of these things are neutral. Right. Or wow, I really like black. Like all of these clothes are black. So I should stick with, you know, that kind of aesthetic. You'll start to notice a pattern and then that will help you kind of understand what you like and what you're most comfortable in. Yeah, what you tend to grab for. Hope that helped. Don't know if that made any sense, but. I love your advice episodes and finally feel like I have something I could use some advice or some guidance on. I recently turned 20 at the beginning of May and started a full-time job at a law firm. It's been really hard to adjust from being in school to working full-time, especially because all my friends are in college and are now on summer break. They've been wanting to hang out every night and it's hard for me to make it when I'm working 40 hours a week. I don't want to lose my friendship with them because I'm busier now, but I'm also a really scheduled person and like to be home early to do my night routine, read, skincare, et cetera. And I don't necessarily want to be out all night on weeknights when I have to wake up early the next day and be at work all day. I'm really struggling with feeling like I'm living two different lives. A young professional at a big downtown law firm during the day and then going home to be a 20-year-old who still lives with her parents and I'm surrounded by college students. I guess I just need advice on how to balance these two very different lifestyles. I want to put a lot of focus into my career and excel in it, but I also want to enjoy my 20s and not be stressed about working all the time. So... I would say it's hard if you have FOMO when you see like your friends hanging out every single day, but you don't have to be the friend that hangs out with them every day. Like you can be the friend that they just deal with that you can't hang out on the weekend or that they can't hang out on the weekdays, sorry. Yeah. And then or you can hang out on the weekend. You can go hang out with them and just be like, I just have to be home. Like, I just really want to be home by nine. Yeah. And it's like, you can still go, I don't know what me so naive. I'm like, you go to ice cream with them. I'm like, I'm sure that's not what they're doing. But you know what I mean? Like, still go hang out. And then meet up with them really quick and then yeah, be like, meet I up with go. them for a, only an hour or two just to get your like social fix in. And like you said, you don't have to be hanging out with them every single night f- until 3 a.m. Yeah. I feel like when you're young, it's a lot easier to be kind of pressured into like staying and hanging out with people. So true. Like I feel like at this age, both of us, we can be like, you go to a party, you stop and you're like, hey, I'm actually only going to be here for 10 minutes. Like I have to go. I have... I'm tired. I have work in the morning and it's like, oh, it's very normal. But when you're totally. younger, you're like, I want to be fun. Like, I want to go And stay your friends late. are like, no, stay. Yeah. And you're just like, no. I think you just have to stick to that. I mean, if just that's try what, it a couple times. Yeah, you know? just try and hang out for a few hours. Go home and hang on the weekends. Hi, uh, oh, hey, Chelsea, JC, and Beth. The podcast is the best part of my day. I listen to it on my commute to and from work every day and it starts my day off on the right foot and then ends it on a positive note. Aw. Okay, so, so I need some advice. Let me... St- First start off saying that I am a Virgo and Enneagram 8. So basically, I'm very type A, borderline, OCD, organized, and task-oriented person. This brings me a lot of stability in life. However, I always find myself stuck between living in the moment and enjoying the experience and being present and wanting to capture pictures and videos so I can have memories forever and relive the moment. Since my mind is always going a mile a minute, this is a real struggle for me and I can't seem to find a good balance. I feel like you girls would have great advice on this or even personal experiences, which I would greatly appreciate. Great question. Wait, I think that's the whole thing? About, well, that was the middle of it. Yeah, what I finished. Wait, what did you finish with? None. I feel like you gal, gals would have great advice on this or even personal experiences, which I would great. So basically appreciate. trying to, li- she's trying to balance between living in the moment and like capturing her. Yeah, she's, she's very saying. type A and she says like her mind goes a mi- like a mile a minute and she's just trying to find a balance of living in the present and not being so like, I think controlling is what it sounds like. But then also like wanting to take pictures and uh, I get what she's saying a little bit though, because I feel like she, from what I, from what I gather from this, you seem like, you seem like a stress case. 
<laughs> but I think what, um, e- even the way that you're writing, it sounds like you are an overthinker. <laughs> it yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. Like, you're making a problem where there may be, yeah, doesn't need to be one. Exactly. And I think the answer, you already know the answer because you said it. It's like, you need to be present more. Like there is no balance of being present and, and then not being present. It's like the goal is to be present most of the time because yeah. when you're present, you're happy. Yeah. Most in tune with your intuition and you're most yeah happy. And when you feel good, you think better thoughts and you do better things. So I think you already know what the answer is. You just need to stop overthinking and to stop overthinking, you just need to bring awareness to your thoughts when they're going a mile a minute in your head. Just it's like JC was, did you say this on the podcast? Like writing down is a great thing for people to start to bring awareness to their thoughts. Like sit down if you're feeling stressed out and you're feeling like I have so much going on, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling whatever. Write it down and ask yourself a lot of clarifying questions and try and see where I'm that leads you. I'm feeling stressed out about this. Why am I feeling stressed out? Okay, because of this. Well, what makes me feel, you know, blah, blah, blah. And just keep going and you'll get very, a lot more clear about like your emotions. And that a lot of time brings, yeah, a lot of clarity where it's like, oh, I don't actually need to be so stressed out about this. But I mean, another thing that you were saying too is like, you don't have to take a photo of everything to like, I mean, it's great to have memories, but at the same time, it's like, you can still appreciate the moment and experience a beautiful moment without having to capture it. It's like, you still experienced it. And I mean, taking photos isn't bad. Obviously, I love taking photos, but it can be if you're trying. I don't know if that's like the main thing she's struggling with, but it's like if you are taking photos all the time, I think social media has put a big pressure on people to like capture every moment of their day. And it's like, yeah, if you didn't capture it, it's like, oh, it's gone forever. But yeah, and I feel that sometimes when like even important things will go by in my life that I'm like, oh, you know, I love the experience. I love the day. And then I realized I didn't take a single photo and I'm just like, I feel a little bit stressed about it. And I'm like, wait, why? I still experienced that. It was still an amazing day. The fact that I don't have a photo doesn't take away from the fact that it was amazing. What it takes away from is the fact that you can't show other people that it was amazing, which it doesn't matter. And I think, especially if you feel like you are a little bit more of a controlling person and you want control over every little aspect of your life, it's actually good to have days like that where you tell yourself like, I'm just gonna be in the moment. I don't have to take a photo of this. I don't have to capture this because I don't have to have control over it. I can just be here, experience, be in the moment, and it can still be just as meaningful. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Hi, ladies. Hope you've been doing well. I love your podcast. You guys constantly brighten my day. I'm an only child, and you guys are the sisters I never had. Oh, so cute. All right. I need some advice about this situation that happened with my boyfriend recently. Ooh, my boyfriend and I have been dating for a little less than a year. We've been, oh, uh, no. Okay. We have known each other for over 10 years. And I've been super close friends all throughout. I've been in multiple serious relationships while this is his first one. Last week, we were both back home visiting our hometown where most of his friends are from. He's very close with friends from, he is very close friends with this guy from our high school, as well as his girlfriend who lived together. Let's call them Jeff and Marie. While we were home, he told me that he was going to hang out at Jeff and Marie's house for the evening. Are they literally 60 years old? Why? Just the weirdest names to pick, like Jeff and Marie. <laughs> like, oh, you hate the name Marie? JC Marie? Interesting. <laughs> like, that's such um, an old lady's name. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he was going to go hang out with them or at their house for the evening. He was there until 3 a.m. that night. The next day, it's Dump slip- him. <laughs> the next day, it slips out that he actually went to just go hang out with Marie. 
Okay, actually dump him. And that Jeff was never even there in the first place. I got upset about this because he didn't say that straight from the beginning. We've always told each other who we hang out with. I was confused about why this was the exception. I honestly would have been fine if he told me that he was just hanging out with her. You would have? Okay. Wait, wait. So who is Marie to her? Or to, to him? her? So Jeff Jeff is his good friend. Jeff okay. and Marie as a couple. And they live together. And he's like, I'm going to go hang out with them. Which like wouldn't be that weird. It's like, that's no. like me going to hang out with you and Nick. If like yeah. me and Leif were dating or something. I don't yeah. know. But then he was there till 3 a.m., which still, like, isn't that weird? No, it's like, oh, we just couple, were talking. Yeah. Like, but then it comes out that the guy wasn't even there. It was just him and the girl. Okay, that's weird That's AF. freaking weird. Okay. She's like, um, cool, my fears are… The fact that he hid this from me made me feel super sketched out. When we talked about it, he claimed that he didn't know he did anything wrong and that he knew I would act this way, and that's why he didn't say anything. No. Ooh, red gaslighting. flag. Gaslighting. Red flag. I'm not here for that. I always give him the benefit of the doubt because I'm his first real girlfriend, but I feel sketched out about the whole situation. Am I just being a jealous, crazed girlfriend? No. No. That's weird. Even if he didn't do anything with her, even if it was like just innocent, that's not okay. If you think about this, if you would have gone off and hung out with a guy, a guy by yourself and you didn't tell him. And you lied. You think he would he be cool with that? You think he would be cool with that? Absolutely not. No. Like, no way. It's also just weird. Like, I don't know. I just think about. I'm just trying to, I can't even like imagine that, but I'm trying to imagine a world in which Leif's like, that doesn't make sense because you're my best friend. But like, I'm just going to go hang out with Chelsea yeah. till 3 a.m. I'd be like, what do you mean? Or like, he said, oh, I'm going to hang out with Nick and Chelsea. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, actually it was just Chelsea. I would be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it, the funny part is, is like, you guys are friends. So yeah. it's like, it wouldn't, I don't know. Yeah. But it's like, that's just weird still. It's the weird part about it is that he lied about it. Yes. If he, if he had said from the beginning, I'm going to go, me and Marie are going to go work on something or like me and Marie are going to play this game or something. It's like, if, if there's a reason no, for them weird. to be together. No, still weird. But I'm just saying, even if he had told you from the beginning, but the fact that he lied about it is a huge red flag yeah. that it was afterwards because yeah, he didn't give you weird. the chance to say no is something what I'm saying. Weird's going on. Are we having a Jaden and Nessa situation here? <gasps> uh oh. They weren't best friends. Yeah. But. I think that I'm like, you should be mad at him to start a fight right now. <laughs> but that's weird. Okay, here's a good one. Hello, lovely ladies. I'm writing in with a time-sensitive need for advice. Long story short, in June, I'll be seeing my high school bully at a wedding. <gasps> I'm and I sorry. have a ton of anxiety about it. Now for some background. In high school, this girl, let's call her Zoe, hated me. And I literally never knew why, but I swear she made it her mission to make me miserable. On several occasions, I cried during the school day because of the things she said to me or rumors she started about me. While all of this was happening, Zoe was also friends with one of my best friends. Let's call her Anna. Okay, so Anna was aware that Zoe bullied me and it did hurt my feelings that they were friends, but I never felt like it was my place to tell someone who they could or could not be friends with. So I just tried to stay out of it and left it at that. Well, that's mature of you. Now it's been nearly 10 years since high school and Anna is getting married. Not only is Zoe going to be there, but I'm pretty sure she's also a bridesmaid. I'll be, a, I'll be attending as a guest. Part of me feels a little bit funny that this girl who was so mean to me is in the wedding, but at the same time, I understand that people and friendships change and it is also not my day. So I'm not too concerned about that. However, as the days get closer, my anxiety about seeing this girl again is growing and I'm scared to see her and that she's going to be mean to me again and bring up all of the old feelings I have worked very hard to move on from. I would love to hear any advice you have about seeing her and not letting feelings from the past overshadow my ability to focus my energy and love towards Anna since it is her big day. And thank you for always putting out my favorite weekly entertainment and being such positive rays of sunshine. Oh, here's the best thing you can do. Don't give her that power at 
all. Don't give her the time of day. Don't give her any of that energy. Like literally the best thing you could do is when you see her act like you don't remember her at all. Like, oh, or like you remember her, but that you don't remember what she did to you in high school. Like, hey, hey, Zoe. Wait, her name's Zoe. Like, hi, Zoe. How are you? Like, and just act like you were living your best life. Yes. Like you just have to act like that. You don't even remember. It didn't even phase you. You've moved on with your life. And I mean, I totally understand. It kind of seems like you have as well. Yeah. I do understand the anxiety of like seeing someone like that because you're just like, if, oh my gosh, if she has the audacity to be mean to you at this wedding, like, let's please remember that this is 10 years ago. That, yeah. That, that'd be similar to us, so, like our age. So it's like, yeah, you're it, like 27, 28 at this point. That's extremely embarrassing for her. That has nothing to do with you. Like, if she is mean to you at this wedding, I would just be like, oh, it's crazy that you like still haven't changed. Like, I've moved on and like, I'm not going to take this on anymore as yeah a problem at all because that's, that really is, says everything about her and nothing about you. Exactly. If she's mean to you, that's truly embarrassing. It's truly embarrassing. I hope you have like other friends at the wedding that can like, I know I was going to say, if you're bringing like a boyfriend or you're bringing a friend or someone else that you can kind of stay with the whole time. Yeah. Best case scenario. Hey, what if she like apologizes? And she's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how mean I was to you in high school. I was going to say that, but I'm like, I don't want to get your expectations or hopes up that she's like a bigger person because that's kind of rare. You have, this is what you have to do. You have to go in expecting, not expecting the worst, but just like having no expectations of like, she, I hope she changed. I hope she's nice to me. And also not expecting that she's going to be mean to you. Just go in neutral. And however she acts, just be the bigger person and be the mature, thriving queen that you are. And the best thing you can do for these people is act unbothered. I'm telling you, they want a reaction. If they're being mean to you, they want a reaction from you. And if you give them absolutely nothing, they have nothing to go off of. Chances are, since you're such a different person than you were 10 years ago, think about her. Like she's been through 10 years of life. Hopefully she's a different person. Maybe she's even worse. Maybe she's better. Who knows? But you can't expect like the same person necessarily so yeah don't even like go into it with that like I what if she's mean to me like what if she's you know bullies me again because I just don't think that that would happen like well and it's just like there's no use in thinking that I mean it's not gonna help the situation at all exactly I say stay unbothered queen yeah stay unbothered I just had a flashback well first of all what is a normal like first memory like the age of your first memory you know I'm not the right person I know, to ask but, this because mine was when I was 17. <laughs> 17? <laughs> I'm kidding. I was going to say, you don't have any memories from when you were like in kindergarten. Mm-mm. Like you can't remember your kindergarten classroom. Mm-mm. Really? Like no, none of playing with your cousins? Um, I can kind of remember like hanging out with my cousins when I'm younger. But like it's so sad because a lot of people like this happens to me a lot where people will Definitely if people bring up memories and like show photos, I can I can kind of take myself back. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a lot of people be like, remember this? Like, and I'm literally just like, not at all. Like really? It, like from my childhood, from high school, like high school girls be like, remember when you did that like crazy whatever? And I'm just like, I have no recollection of that. Like I do not remember that at all. So do you remember when we went to Oregano's after school that day? When we not at all. Met? Really? Not at all. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that breaks my heart. I don't kidding. know that experience at all. Like whenever Do you remember you say when that, we hung out and we like had the sleepover and you literally asked, like we had 
Do you remember? I remember that day so specifically. Like I remember we had Domino's pizza at my house. My like house was, my kitchen was kind of messy and we slept on my like brown couches in my family room. No, like unfortunately, <laughs> I, I remember, unfortunately. I remember walking to get ice cream. That's the at only Water part. Ice. Of, yes. Like Thrifty's yeah. ice cream. And I remember we were like cracking up on the way, like making jokes like 24 yeah. seven. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, wait, like we're going to be like friends, friends, yeah. like good friends because we had never hung out alone. So your memories like They're start selective. when you're like junior or senior? No, like, of course I have, like I said, I have memories, but like. They're very scattered. They have to be, yeah, they're very scattered and like they have to be provoked by like someone being like, remember when you went to this school and did this? And I'm like, what? And then I'm, I start oh. really digging deep. I'm like, okay, yeah, kind of. But I I could never, like if you, if you were asking me like, oh, where'd you go to third grade? I'd be like, don't even know the school. Like, really? You can't know even your remember the name. teacher. Don't <gasps> remember like the classroom. Not at all. Really? No. That is crazy to me. Like, I actually think that I have a really, really good, better than most people long-term memory. I think I have a bad short-term memory. I'm the opposite. Yeah. But I remember, like, I my first memories are before kindergarten. I can remember my like, four-year-old birthday party, like in my front yard in my old You're house. You're kidding me. No, Four I have, years old? Like my earliest memory is moving from my old house when we lived in Chandler to my other old house. So that was when I was like three, I think. Oh, oh, I could never. <laughs> but no, I, I don't, don't, I don't remember like I lived in California until I was like two and a half. I don't remember a thing, obviously. I was like two. So I don't remember anything from that. Oh yeah. No, I don't remember anything. It's like so ever. weird. You know what and I heard? That if you have a memory, but it's you looking at yourself. You already told this. Oh, last I did? week, yeah. Last week? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Because people were like so have bad commenting about that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> See, that's where we differ. Oh, yeah. It's so weird. No, I've heard that if you go through, like I've said this before too, but if you have gone through like something traumatic or whatever, then your memory literally just blocks things out. And so I don't know if it's like my parents divorce or like, I genuinely don't feel like I had a horrible childhood by any means, but I just can't remember like any of it anyway. But like I said, I can't even remember stuff from high school. So I just have, I think I just have bad memory. It's so crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've just been talking your ear off. Thank you guys so much for writing in for our bonus advice episode. We love and appreciate you guys so much. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. I feel like a t-shirt right now. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. (laughs) And... Stay safe. Stay safe out there, kids. And that's That's what what we we said. said. Goodbye.